Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon. I'm Michelle Lichty, and I am here with... Well, I, I never know. Well, I'm supposed to say something when you pause. <laughs> I paused because I saw this. Um, I saw it. I I saw this. Uh, I'm sorry. There's there's a there's an error message on my Facebook, and yet this says it's streaming live. So I don't know if we're live or not. But either way, we are recording. <laughs> so we're we go. going to go forward and. <laughs> <laughs> I am feeling so disconcerted right now because of that error message. It just kind of threw me off my game. I apologize for that. Just breathe deep. Okay. Yeah, breathe deep. Deep breath. (laughs) Okay, so we are here, Rob, to discuss uh, your sermon from this past Sunday. Yes. And our present suffering from 1 Thessalonians 3, verses 2 to 4 and verse 8. Correct. Yes. Yes. We really have springboards from uh, chapter one, verse three, the last part of verse three. And then uh, the passage I read kind of amplifies on the fact that it was expected that mm-hmm. the endurance that they had and hope. And so. Yeah. The endurance <laughs> and hope. So we're yeah. talking about hope. Correct. Um, the last uh, four Sundays, we've been talking about faith and love. Mm-hmm. And- I guess it's been five Sundays because so, yes. this is our second sermon on hope. Correct. So, um, so we're moving into, and in, we have moved into hope and our living hope. And I love that term living hope reminds me I'm in John for my Bible study. And we're, we're just in John chapter four with the woman at the well talking about the living water. And here we are talking about the living hope. And it's just, I don't know, something about adding that, modifier living yeah. in front of water and hope it just i don't know it just adds something to it yeah i was thinking the same thing michelle and when i was working on the message it, you know it you know what is a living hope well you know it other hopes i guess could be dead and that there's no hope at all you know that mm. there's no mm-hmm. possibility they could they could come so a living hope for me is one that it's certain you know, when we talk mm. about the hope of heaven, when we talk about the hope of Christ, when we talk about this this living hope, it is independent from any other thing. It's not it's not dependent on something I do. It's not dependent on some historical function. It is something that is independent of all those things. So we know it is going to happen because it's alive, and I, I, you know, it, it's it's a roadway that leads to a destination and not a cul-de-sac. If that makes sense, mm. it does make sense. Yeah, I love that image that we're going somewhere. It's not a dead end. Yeah. And sometimes the, the journey is a whole lot longer than we anticipated. And it doesn't feel yeah. good or it feels long. And it's like, gee, we're still on the road. Yeah, we're still on the road, but we're getting there. And there is a, yeah. there, there was a day when this hope that we're that we know for certainty will come to fruition is going to come to fruition. Right. Even it, even though it doesn't feel that way right now. Even though it doesn't feel that way right now. <laughs> especially, I, I, even, especially right now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with going on. 
everything going on, the war in Ukraine, Ukraine and Israel and Hamas and, you know, and then the saber saber rattling in China, in the South China Sea between the Philippines. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it just feels like there's a lot going on right now. And there's a lot of people who are really hurting. Yes. In many different ways. Yeah. And will we hold on to the faith? For those who are followers of Christ, what do these challenges do to our faith? Um, How do we make sense of these things? And, you know, that was part of what I was sharing. You know, in our country, we have these different problems that we run into with disease or situations or the loss of freedom or the loss of whatever. And you expand that out to other countries where terrorists come and kidnap you, where uh, an entire country claims a particular fishing area to be their own and you're not, not anymore. I mean, it's like, do you, what do you do with your faith at that point? Um, mm. Do you just discount it and say it must be wrong? Or is there some other way of being able to understand it and to live into it and to find your faith deepened through it, which mm. is the path I think we find in Hebrews 11, which we didn't even talk about Hebrews 11 in this. <laughs> right. I know. And, yeah, because I think um, when we are focused on what's happening around us, right here in my world, in my office, right here in my family, in my extended family, in my community, in my country, in my world, you know, when we're focused just at that level, we can feel so overwhelmed. But when we lift our gaze, and we focus on Christ and the eternal picture in his mind and his reality mm-hmm. it it our perspective completely changes mm-hmm. i i kind of think it's like um getting above the clouds right oh yeah well said yeah i like that we're driving on the we're driving on our road and and occasionally we need to get up above the clouds so we can see the horizon or the eternal perspective. There's no horizon in eternity. Yeah. That's well said. And Psalm 73 talks about that too, where you know, when I when I was caught in my own little world, when mm. I was just seen in light of me, I became a brute beast before you. You know, I was like, ah. But then I recognized I got above the clouds and I began to see the bigger picture and realize what is actually taking place here. And I say, wow, you hold me by my right hand. Yeah, I'm, I'm always mm. with you. You never leave me. Whom am I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire beside you. You know, that that when we can begin to look at this really pinpoint of time on the line of time, right? We all know that illustration. Mm. It's this tiny pinpoint of time when we can break away from that pinpoint and see the fullness of the line and recognize that there's a God above time who is over all this time. We say, oh, okay, well, that. That helps me a lot to Mm -hmm. age with what I'm experiencing uh, from a new perspective. Mm -hmm. It doesn't negate the pain. No. It doesn't necessarily make our circumstances easier to bear. I think it just, I I mean, I want to say that's not exactly right. Doesn't make our it doesn't change our circumstances. It changes right. our perspective on our circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. it recognizes for me. It recognizes um, 
part of the change in perspective, perspectival shift um, is the recognition that, you know, that Jesus is there with you. Hello. Mm -hmm. That, that blows me away. Uh, when, when I carry that out um, further and further and further, and I, I said in my sermon, you know, if you think I'm carrying this too far, I respect that. And I, I was pushing, pushing the envelope on that uh, mm. illustration on mm -hmm. purpose. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think I pushed it too far uh, because of the passage mm. in Hebrews that, that he's our great high priest who's been tempted in every way, just as we are yet was without sin. Um, if he's been tempted in every way, just as we are, we can look at the, t the classical temptations, you know, lust, greed, gluttony, whatever. Yeah, right. Jesus was tempted in that. But I think it's even more so than that. You look at him on the cross, you look at him other mm. places, and there was a temptation perhaps to, to, to no longer believe what, what we, you know, what we are holding fast to. So he knows what it's like to be in the throes of that temptation and to, to be in pain, to have lost a family member. In his case, it was his father right. to wonder how we're going to make ends meet, you know, to learn to trust the heavenly father with all things, um, to set our sights on things above. Um, so he yeah. understands what it's like, what it takes to do that. And he's with us as we walk that path. Yeah. That for me, that for, that for me is paradigm changing. Yeah. So how does that, how does that change your perspective Thursday at 10 a.m.? What's going on Thursday at 10 a.m.? Is that I don't like know. I'm just fired saying. or something or what? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, just like, you know, I, I mean, it's just easy to sit in the Sunday morning service okay. And to hear the sermon and say, yes, I agree with that. Yes, I agree with that. And then Tuesday at two or Wednesday at four gotcha. or right, Thursday at 10 or Friday at three, you're yeah. like, you know, the kids are coming home from school and you're like, oh my goodness, I, I am so overwhelmed with my thoughts that I can't even engage with my kids or whatever it is that you're facing during the week. How does that paradigm shift help, help in that? Um, expectancy, I think, um, mm. is I expect that God is with me, whether mm. I feel his presence, whether I have a warm fuzzy, whether I feel an extra burst of power or energy or focus, uh, God is with me and he fully accepts me no matter what's going on. He loves me beyond what I can imagine. And therefore I can expect that he is going to be at work. John four, my father, John five, my father's always at his work. Um, mm that he is at work, whether or not I recognize that work. And so Thursday at 10 or Friday afternoon at three o'clock when the kids are coming home from school and I'm worn out already or whatever the case might be, it is the fact of saying, okay, well, Jesus is with me. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I will never leave you or forsake you, uh, Hebrews 13. Um, God is always with us. He's very much aware of what I'm going through right now. Therefore, I can trust in him to work even when I don't see him work. I can mm -hmm. rest in him, even when I don't feel like I can rest. Mm -hmm. I can ask him for the strength I need at this moment. Yes, I just blew up at my child. Yes, I just had a bad accident. Yes, whatever. God right. is in the midst of this. How can I find him here? How can I rely on him here? For me, I mean, that's that's the paradigm shifter in that, because um, there are days when it just won't stop. And mm -hmm. when it's it's 7.45 a.m. and you're already in tears trying mm. to get through the struggle that you're facing right then and there. When the anxiety just kind of hits you at three o'clock in the morning and you're awake and you can't get back to sleep again. Right. Uh, the reality is that Jesus was up at three o'clock in the morning, too. He was uh, sitting mm. around. He was sitting in a 
and uh, he was he had been a, he had been arrested and was having his beard pulled out um, by people who are making fun of him. He knows what it's like. Uh, he had the anxiety in the Garden of Gethsemane when, my God, my God, um, it, it, Father, I know you can do all things. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? The Garden prayer, mm. Father, I know you can do all things. He, there's there's this control thing. He's got he's got his hand closed. I know you can do all things. Right. So you've got the power to change my circumstances. Uh, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. That is what I desire. And then he opens his hand. And he says, yet not what I will, but you, your will be done. Mm. You know, it's a beautiful prayer. It's 745 and I'm crying. I hate this. Uh, this is so hard. Uh, yeah. I wish it was so I'd like this cup to pass from me, yet not my will, but yours be done, Lord. And so in that model prayer, we find Jesus being able to be with us in the hard moments uh, because he knows what those hard moments are like. I love the passage in the Psalms. He knows that we are made of dust. You know? oh. He knows our frame. You know? Oh, We're my not, goodness. Yes. You know? uh, uh, so so he has pity on us. He has compassion on us, man. Uh, yeah. He doesn't expect us to be superheroes. No, no, he doesn't. I love that passage, too, in the Psalms. I think it just all goes back to something that you said in a sermon several months ago, I think, about our view of God, of who God is, changes everything. Everything. And so if I think God is distant and uninvolved, then that's how I'm going to live my life. And if I believe that God is demanding and frustrated with me because I'm not meeting expectations, then that's how I'm going to live my life, my spiritual life, my whole life. But Mm -hmm. if I see God as the loving, compassionate, meets me in the middle of the messy Wednesday morning at 745 when I'm in tears, then I, when I fail, It's just turning back to him and saying, God, help me. There's one passage in the scriptures where Jesus self-identifies. He says, Mm -hmm. I am gentle and humble of heart. Hello, that, wow. Yeah. And humble of heart. You know, um, there's just so much there that, you, you, you know, um, in The Chosen, there are just several scenes where Jonathan Rumi, playing the part of Jesus, um, shows that gentleness and that humbleness. Mm. That one scene, um, the woman who had who had been bleeding for 12 years, mm. issue of blood for 12 years, and the gentleness that he showed to her as she interrupted his schedule and stopped the whole, you know, he was on an emergency mission. The sirens were wailing. He was trying to get to Jairus' daughter. Yeah. You know, and he was, um, he was... This was a huge interruption to what you know. No, he paused, mm. stopped, he cared for her, he acknowledged her, he recognized the freedom that she had just received, you know. And and it that is gentle and humble, and that's mm. the way he responds to us. Um, you know, I think about uh, oh, you have little faith, why didn't you believe? You know, mm. what's the tone? Oh, you have little faith, why didn't you believe? And no, that's not his tone. Yeah. It's it's a totally different approach of grace and compassion, um, and so the picture we do have of him makes a significant difference in how we view the way that he engages with us through the through the troubles of life. And the reason I call it the troubles, you know, the patient endurance, the hupomane, um, mm. that is 
Um, there's so much there. It's this, yeah. this patient endurance. It's this waiting and not running away from. It's this sense of I'm holding fast to the faith. Like going back to Hebrews 11. Mm-hmm. There were those that were sawn in two and fed to the lions, and you know they they had it yeah. really hard. They didn't see the victories, you know. Yeah, um, they didn't see the rain come after three and a half years of drought, um, but they still held on to the faith. Uh, mm-hmm. It is the story of um, of the three. I can't remember their Hebrew names. But we know the Meshadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, I want to remember their, their their Hebrew names and not give mm-hmm. them Babylonian names, but. Uh, when they said, when they said, our, our God is able to save us, but if not, we still yeah. will not, be. you know, our God is able to save me through this, but if not, I'm still not going to walk away from the hope that mm-hmm. I have in Christ because mm-hmm. I know that it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's, and that's the patient endurance that God mm-hmm. develops in us as we continue to have faith through the trials of this world. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I just was thinking about Joseph this morning. Right. The faithful endurance of oh, wow. <laughs> how many years in prison. Yeah. Yeah. You I, know, I heard somebody. Un- yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say just unjustly imprisoned. It wasn't justly prison. He was unjustly accused and thrown in prison for years. After being abused by his, his, his brothers, you know, and yes. sold into slavery. And yes. his, his father is told this horrible story and goes into deep, deep grief and yeah, it, it's just, he did, and he comes down and this, I've heard it called, do you have 50, 20 vision? What's mm. your, is it 50, 20? Mm. Genesis 50, 20, what you meant for evil, God brought about to be good. You know, yeah. um, that God can turn all things to the good. And again, Romans eight twenty eight. we've talked about this multiple times. And 29 is what defines good that we might be conformed to the image of his son. And that conf- being conformed to the image of the son is not always a pleasant experience, but it's good. Yes. So a uh, 50-20 vision. Uh, this is this yeah. for evil, but God's going to use it for good. He's changing me. He's making me different. He's allowing me to live into this glorified life that is already hidden for me in Jesus Christ, not yet fully realized and revealed, but it one day will be realized and revealed. But until that day, I get to experience tastes of it along the way. Mm-hmm. And those tastes are this incremental resurrections I talked about in the sermon. As, and as we die to little things every day, we gain a little bit of life every day. Yes. Surrender to him. And it's that incremental experience of the new life that leads us to say, yeah, this is true. This is yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. And it allows us to have that same compassion towards others. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just reminded of um, an incident when I was, you know, many years ago, <laughs> my kids were tiny. We had just moved from Florida to Illinois. We're in temporary housing. Um, I'm homeschooling and Glenn's working huge number of hours and our neighbors asked us to babysit their girls after school. Um, and I was like, so grateful for the extra income and happy to do it. And then, um, and then my keys started disappearing and I had to call Glenn at work and he had to come pick up all six of us from the grocery store because my keys disappeared in the grocery store. And then my phone started disappearing. Like I'd just gotten a cell phone and then they started disappearing. And my husband is saying to me, Michelle, you've got to keep track of your things. And I'm like, 
keeps moving my things. I don't know where these things are going. And like, <laughs> I, I mean, it was, and Lydia's starting to lose her lovey, right? Like her little pink dolly that she was slept with. She was little, like three. And, um, and just these important things in our house started disappearing. Very, very odd. And, um, I found my phone in the, in the girl's closet on the top shelf behind all this stuff. I'm like, well, how did it get there? That's so bizarre. That is not any place I would put it. Anyway, all that to say, it was like four months of these things happening. And I was losing my mind when I thought I was losing my mind. And then it came to light. I won't go into all the details, but it came to light that one of these girls that I was babysitting um, was having mental health issues. And was stealing these things from me, throwing them away, throwing them into the bushes outside the house. She was carrying Lydia's dolly, pink dolly in her backpack. That's how it all came to light. But, you know, and so then the, the, the parents weren't believers. And so they were like, you're going to sue us. You're going to like, I can't believe you're doing this. And, and that, that, patient endurance right of i thought i was losing my mind and so thankful that i wasn't <laughs> that i was god gave me the grace the holy spirit gave me the grace to say of course we love your daughters and of course i'll still watch them there will be boundaries in place um i will be inspecting backpacks before you leave i will be you know like there are boundaries in place but I, I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I'm just so grateful. It wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and I can't claim that it was me trying harder to love my neighbors. It wasn't that at all. It was totally God's, the Holy Spirit through me guiding me in how to how to talk to the girls how to talk to their mother how to manage the boundaries how to, you know like i just kept constantly going back to the holy spirit help me give me wisdom give me understanding give me discernment how to handle this situation in in a way that is honoring to you yeah yeah and that's and that you know that right there give me wisdom discernment and courage and how to handle the situation in a way that's honoring to you um that fits for any trial we face exactly from opposition to our faith to a bad disease diagnosis to uh child stealing things um to a, a to, wayward child i mean um that's a great to false accusation oh, yeah. at work to being fired unjustly to yeah all those situations wow that's well said i appreciate that story how come you didn't tell me that for the i could use that in the sermon now so (laughs) tell me that i i you know we didn't talk last week so you're on vacation that's why everything's that's why things are topsy-turvy today (laughs) (laughs) that's so true it is so true i'm still trying to get my feet underneath me oh goodness but yes, I um you you described Christian hope in five different different yeah. terms at the end of your sermon. Yeah. And I think I think I'd like to end with this just as Great. a reminder for us that 
Christian hope is the living hope. And there's five different descriptions. It's alive. It's anchored in the steadfast love of God. It's built on faith. It's exercised in waiting. I had to wait four months before I figured out I wasn't losing my mind. And then it was another three months before this job was done. It was a long time dealing with, with this, this family. So it's exercised in waiting and it is expressed in action. Yeah. That last line expressed in action is something I I really want to remind myself and remind Mm. everyone that it's not sitting on the front porch waiting for Jesus to come pie in the sky when you die kind of thing. But the very fact that we know it's coming and the very fact we know that we are experiencing a foretaste of it today requires us to live into that, to do exactly what you did, Michelle, to show grace, to show forgiveness, to not sue, to um, to be uh, to point to the reality of a new day that's coming when the lion will lay down with the lamb. So when when we do that, when we. When we respond to people with grace, when we live in a way where our anger is put aside, when our righteousness is, you know, where 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 our we may be totally in the right to do something, but we say no, I think we'll let that slide. Um, it points to you know Jesus on the cross, forgive them, Father, they don't know what they're right. doing. You have every right to just curse them all, you know. Yeah, um, but he didn't. So so that to, to it's um, it it it's it's. It, well, it was the line I used, but it's in action. We we uh, express it. Expressed it in action. Expressed in action, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's just a point that I always want to make sure that I remember that I need to be living into the truth that this is. Yes. I'm living hope. Yes. It's expressed in action. And it's. I think it's costly. I mean, mm-hmm. Jesus on the cross, right? It was yeah. costly. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, well, thank you, Rob, for your time. Thank you, and Michelle, for, for yours. Enduring my discombobulation patiently patiently enduring (laughs) i think i just made that word up (laughs) (laughs) well thank you rob for your time today we appreciate you very much and thank you to our audience we appreciate you rob and i do and you know of course our whole staff does we appreciate you very much and we're grateful for the time that you took with us today whether you joined us live on facebook if it actually got on facebook or later on our blog or on our podcast, we're we're grateful for you. Yes. Have a wonderful day. And what? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! What? Are you what? Closing some particular way? Oh yes, thank you. You always were doing like that. Vacation. Yeah. <laughs> let's continue as we go forward. Let's continue to live a life of love, right? Right. Love Jesus, love His people, and pour out His love in the world. All right. Thanks, Michelle. Take care, everybody. Thank you. God bless.